talk to me, talk to me. A little boy was uh, walking past his dad, going through the living room, heading to the front door. He had his baseball and his baseball glove, carrying it outside. As he goes by his dad, his, uh, his dad asks, where are you going? And he said, I'm going outside. He said, what are you going to do? I'm going I'm to play pitch with God. Well, how does that work? He said, well, I go outside, I rear back, and I throw it up. And he throws it back down. <laughs> I wonder if we could ever realize that prayer is that simple. Honestly. It's a matter of just having a conversation. Not about style or form or posture. It's about a conversation. And if we can tap into the reality of just God has invited us to talk with him, to talk to him, it'll revolutionize our lives. It'll help us grow, become stronger, to have a power that changes and changes us and changes things around us. Prayer is the force that forces our focus on God. Nothing else does that. Quite like prayer. It's a conversation that requires our attention to enjoy his attention. And it's pretty amazing. So I want to share two thoughts with you from one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. And there's all the all got to be favorite because they're God's word. But this one I repeat often. And share it often. Prayer allows us to enjoy the reward of God's attention. With all that goes on and all that we do in the business of the world and our lives and our things that clutter our minds, there's something that God has given us. Prayer that allows us for a moment in time to enjoy the reward of God's undivided attention. There's something pretty amazing about that when, when we look at that. When uh, I used to, one of my little girls would try to talk to me and, uh, and she would do this. She's, she would, she would, she'd be talking to me and I probably, probably, probably wasn't looking at her in the eye and she would take two hands, those little hands, and grab my face and turn right at her eyes and continue talking. And that's pretty cool until one day she said, well, I was driving. And that was a little weird. And no, 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 I got to say. What she was saying, I want your attention. I want your undivided attention. God wants our attention so he can give us his attention. So here's what I want you to do. Look at this chapter and verse, Jeremiah 33.3, God's phone number. Ask me, and I will tell you remarkable secrets, things that people don't know, things that you don't know yet, things you don't know about things to come, things about tomorrow, things about next year, things about the next 10 years. He said, I, I got it covered. 
and I want to share them with you. If I can just get your attention, I will give you my attention. And let me tell you, if you say, well, that's just a neat verse. Yes, it is. Do you know where this where Jeremiah was when he received this verse from the Lord, when he got this invitation, he was in prison. He was a prophet that had no respect. The king didn't like him. The other prophets didn't like him. Uh, He had had a hard life. The king made the statement, he always tells me things I don't want to hear. And one time he had him beat, and Jeremiah would say to himself, okay, that's it, Lord, I'm tired of being the guy that speaks for you. I'll not say another word. I'll not do anything else. And he tried to be quiet, and yet there was a fire in his bones that he could not quench. And he said, I've got to share what God puts in my heart. Now, he's in prison. The Babylonian army is surrounding Jerusalem. They're in trouble. Their lives are about to radically change. There's a judgment that's coming across their land. And now, he says to to a prophet in a prison cell, Jeremiah, Ask me some things. Isn't that amazing that God would say, ask me something? Ask him about his desire, his heart, his mind. Ask me so I can tell you some things. Ask me. And so we look at this. Now, In this conversation, God said, just call and talk to me. Call to me, man. Talk to me. Let's talk. Almighty God, the creator of the universe, wanted a conversation to reveal hope during a bad time, to place, to bring peace in the future during a crisis now. Do you understand this, how God always works? He shows up in those dark times and, and those troubled times and those uh, uncomfortable times or discouraging times or disappointing times. And he shows up to say, I want to talk to you. I want to talk you through this. I want to talk to you beyond this. I want to help you know what's around the corner. I want to know what I'm going to do for you next year. Just talk to me. And you know what talking requires? You say something and you listen. You listen. I think sometimes the, the habit of, 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 maybe not you, for me, is I talk more than I listen. I got a lot of stuff I got to get to. I got to go down my list of praying for people. And I got to get things done. Lord, I need this. We got to do this. And, and, uh, and sometimes I'm saying, well, I got to go. He said, no, no, you need to stay. We need to, I got something I want to say. I want to bring a verse to your mind. or I, I want to bring a thought to your mind. I want us to have a conversation. Wow. So he said, this is what's happening. Jeremiah's in a bad place. He doesn't see anything good happening. He can't understand. He realizes the, that, Israel's, that Jerusalem's about to fall and, and there's nothing good going to happen. And, and, and God's trying to say, just let me talk to me for a minute. I know you're disappointed. I know you're discouraged. You're probably depressed. He was known as the weeping prophet. He said, I know your heart's broken, but talk to me. Because here's two things. When I talk about God's attention, number one, God gives us audience out of this. He gives us an audience. He desires to hear what is on your heart. He wants to know what you feel. He really does. Now, that he wants to. we try to sometimes play the game of everything's fine. Can I tell you with God, you can tell him everything is not fine. He already knows it. Just tell him. Talk to him. Say, God, I'm having a bad day. God, I I don't know what to think. God, I'm angry. God, I'm hurt. God, I I feel like I'm all alone. I feel like I'm 
the only one. Whatever. I feel like it doesn't matter. I feel like my prayers don't get past the ceiling. Oh. He desires to know what's on your heart. He wants to hear what you're feeling about today. He wants to know what you feel about your life, about your family, about your church, about your community, about your country, about the world. He wants to know what's going running through your mind and what you're wrestling with and what you're hurting over. He says to prophet in prison, what's on your, what's on your heart, Jeremiah? Talk to me. Tell me how you feel. Well, I feel pretty lonely. I, I feel like no one listens to what I say. I, I feel like no one cares about me. I, yeah, I care about you. Let's talk. Let's talk. And so you get an audience with God. He wants to hear what is on your mind, okay? He wants to know what you think and what you need. He wants you to, ver- he wants you to verbalize that. He wants to know what's running through your mind, those fears, those thoughts, those events or circumstances that cause anxiety or worry. He wants to know about those. He wants to talk to you. And then he wants to respond. He says, I, I hear what you, I, I, I know what's on your mind. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you need. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Not only does God give audience, he grants answers. He grants answers. He says, I want to tell you something. Now, the answers may come immediately. You may sit and have a conversation. All of a sudden, God lets you know something. You go, well, that's pretty cool. Or he may delay. There may be a, several encounters, several conversations before he gets you ready for the answer. Wow. But he, he's got the answer. We just got to be ready to receive it. Sometimes we're ready. We're going, here we go, Lord, I got this. Good. Or we're going, man, I, I don't, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm so distracted, I can't pay attention. He's going, well, I'll give the answer a little later on when you really can get it. Uh, but he always answers. That's what he told Jeremiah. He said, I'll answer you. I got this. Uh, it may be yes, no, or not now. Let me go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, the New Testament. Here's how it's said from Jesus' perspective. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, is Jesus, the Son of God, Let us hold firm to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, what we feel. For he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly, boldly, boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Don't be ashamed because you got fear or worry or anxiety. Don't be timid because you're not having a good day spiritually. He said, I want you to come to me. What's going on in your mind and your heart? I want us to talk about it. I want us to work through it. I may have the answer for you today or the answer may be on the way, but I want you to come talk to me and there we will receive his mercy. And we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. If we just talk if we become to realize how important it is to have multiple conversations with God. I, I would 
think that most of us somehow have a devotion sometime during the day and pray. But actually, Ephesians 6 says the key to spiritual victory in warfare is praying con- continuously. So I have to be in this attitude of, God, I'm worried about something all of a sudden. Something's crossed my mind, and it's occupying my peace, and I want to talk to you now. Well, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's share. He gives answers. Maybe it's yes, no, or not now, but he gives an answer. Because he told Jeremiah, if you talk to me, I'm going to tell you some things you need to know. Things you've not even imagined. But I got a word for you. Let's talk. And so the value of consistent prayer is not that he hears us, but that we hear him. William McGill. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. And here's what he told him. I want to give you the good news. Here's what he told him. When Christ died on the cross, and he's going to tell Jeremiah this. uh, I'm going to go to it later. I'm going to do this later. Let me do this. Here's what I want you to see. Now I want to do this. Okay. So when, when, when he's telling Jeremiah, we want to talk. And what he's saying is, we can talk as, as much or as often you want. I'm here. If you go to the New Testament, fast forward, we just read from Hebrews 4 about Jesus being our high priest. How did that happen? And all of a sudden, there's an open door policy for anybody to come. Not just the high priest or the priest themselves, they offer sacrifice, but the high priest who was the only one allowed in the Holy of Holies. All of a sudden, when Christ was crucified on the cross and died, at that moment, several things happened. One of those things was the veil of the temple, which was about as thick as your hand, as a big curtain. And that veil was torn from top to bottom because only God could start there. And God started the top and tore it apart. That curtain separated everybody from the Holy of Holies but the high priest. Now, what God said in that moment in time when Jesus died on the cross for my sin and your sin, became our Savior, our Lamb, our substitute. When he died for us, it opened the door for anyone to talk to God. Whether Jew or Gentile, free or slave, it didn't matter, male or female, it didn't matter. You come. When he tore that curtain, he was saying, come in as often as you want. Stay as long as you want. For Christ has taken taken away the the curtain. He's opened the door. So even greater for you and I is when he says to us, ask me, talk to me, call to me, and let me talk to you. Let me give you audience. Let me give you answers. Pretty amazing what we enjoy as New Testament believers. We need to Take advantage of it. The second thing, prayer allows us to experience the resource of God's attributes. When I talk to him and I listen to him, I experience his resources in my life. Because I don't have the resources to accomplish his purpose in my life. 
I don't have everything I need to be effective in this life. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of with the Apostle Paul. I can do nothing apart from Christ. I, I, you know, we, we can't, I can't do anything without him. And so if I will talk to him consistently and continually throughout the day, shooting up prayer arrows and taking a moment to say, God, I just all of a sudden had a worry cross my mind. Let me talk to you about it. I just had something happen that's disturbed my spirit. Let me talk to you about it. And all of a sudden he says, well, I'm listening. Jeremiah 33, 1 through 3 says this. While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard of the prison, and the Lord gave him this second message. This is what the Lord says, the Lord who made the earth, the creator. Oh, can I, can I say something, just, just a thought here? I watched the, the inauguration, and I watched the, the inauguration prayer, prayer on Saturday. Man, I just, because I wanted to, I, I believe that's uh, the amazing part of our nation, Okay. That is an amazing thing that we see the transfer of authority and power and we see things as, uh, and I understand a lot's going on, people are fussing and I get all that. And you have the right to do that. I think some things uh, uh, shouldn't be, but that's life. But I heard someone say, praying in the inaugurational prayer day, the, the day of prayer, after the inauguration. They referred to God as the creator. I thought, hallelujah, we're making progress already. Matter of fact, I don't know if you watched it, but there were several prayers that finished up in Jesus' name, which I thought was pretty incredible too. And we had six prayers of the inaugural, uh, inaugural ceremony address Six prayers the most ever had. But I'm thinking, man, I, I, I saw Ronnie Floyd get up there and pray. He, man, from Spring, I mean, from, from Arkansas. Uh, and Jeff, Jeffrey, he's been, been, been there. And I'm watching guys several prayers. And in Jesus' name, I'm going, all right. Man, that's good. Miss King came out. Uh, Martin Luther King's uh, uh, daughters and, and came out. And, and they said, now, you pray? It's just. I always pray in Jesus' name. Man, I'm loving it. Because he's made the earth. He is the creator who formed and established it, whose name is the Lord. Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets. He said, Jeremiah, I'm the creator of the universe. Talk to me. There's nothing I can't do. There's nothing I can't deal with, man. Talk to me. Look around. Look around what all I've done. In chapter 32, verse 17 through 20, he says this. O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You show unfailing love to thousands, but you also bring the consequences of one's generation of sin upon the next. Pay attention to that one. I do, the Bible teaches the sins of the fathers are passed on to the second, third generation. When we disrespect, disregard God, it passes on to the next generation. They become worse. People say, how are people behaving the way they behave today? And how are some of those people being so violent and destructive? Because 
of the sins of a previous generation that denied God, disregarded God, and said he wasn't a creator. Jeremiah says, I know who you are. I know what you've done. I know that you're going to have to deal with us because we've, we've ran after other idols. He said, I, I know this. But he said, you are the great and powerful God and the Lord of heaven's armies. Man, that's, that's pretty good stuff. Uh, he says, God, I know this. I know your power is available. That's what he said. I know your power is available. He says, I know your power is available. Now, God, God reminded him in 33. Remember what you said, 32? Well, I'm, I'm still the same God. All right? So he said, look, I want you to know I, my power is available to work in your life. God had parted the Red Sea, torn down the walls of Jericho. And let me tell you what, you go to New Testament, that same power worked in Jesus when he cleansed the leper and made him brand new, when he raised the dead and when he forgave sin. He has the power to provide and protect for those who have a relationship with him. When we call on Jesus, all things are possible. That's all he's saying. And I'm going to tell you what, that's pretty amazing hope for every believer, every child of God that sometimes has a down day and, a, and, a, and a, all of a sudden things are, are not what you want or what you feel they should be. And all of a sudden God says, I'm the Lord of, the, of heaven's armies, the angel armies, man, what do you need? What, what, what do you need to know? Do you need my peace, my grace? Do you, uh, do you need strength? Unfailing love shows up. In, in verse 26 of the same chapter. Then this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord. I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world. Is anything too hard for me? And the answer is no. Is anything too hard? Is his hand been shortened and he cannot say, no, it has not been. He can reach to the darkest of heart, to the, to the worst of the worst, and bring a sense of conviction that can bring someone to, to repentance and salvation. He can do that. He can, he can, he can break through the barriers of, of brokenness and bring healing. He, he can do the impossible. It's not too hard for me. Jeremiah, do you hear what I'm saying? More importantly, First Baptist Lindell, do you hear what he's saying? Man. The knowledge of God is accessible. We can know the better part. Well, listen. I get this. We know the better part of the day. We got up. We figured out what we're going to do. We got our schedule. We go to church, go to Bible study, and, and, and we're going to, you know, hang loose this afternoon. We got some things going on. Got some committee meetings, all that kind of stuff. Got a deacon's meeting. We got, so we, we, got, we know the better part of the day. We know man, we're going to probably eat lunch somewhere, and, and we'll talk to people. And, but we don't know all of today. We know what's happening right now. We're sitting here, and it's kind of, it's kind of neat, and we're enjoying the morning. We don't know what's going to happen at 10 o'clock tonight or 8 o'clock. Those people that landed in an airport in Fort Lauderdale a few days ago had no idea that a guy would walk through the baggage claim area and start shooting people. 
That wasn't on their agenda. That wasn't on their radar screen. Their iPad didn't remind them of that. So here's what God wants us to know. I know he says, I know you know about the better part of today. I want you to stay in contact with me because I know the balance of all your tomorrows. I know what's waiting for you the rest of this day and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. I know. So talk to me and I'll make sure you make the right steps and I'll make sure you turn in the right direction and I'll make sure you end up where you're supposed to end up. Talk to me. He was saying this to a prophet who was trying to tell the nation to do the same thing and they were not doing it. And therefore God said, okay, I've, I've got a plan for you but you're not following it. Therefore you're going to have a some great inconvenience in your life called judgment. And so he says, here's what's taking place. He says, I want to give you my knowledge. God told Jeremiah that a better day was coming. He's going to spend pretty much, he's going to talk about the judgment of the nations. He's going to talk about, but something's coming. And he closes out the book of Jeremiah with the fact that there's a new covenant coming. He said, Jeremiah, I know you're heartbroken. You don't see what's going to happen. You understand that, that captivity is coming to Jerusalem. And you understand all these things are taking place. But I want you to know there's a better day coming. And I got news. No matter what we're going through, where we are today, there's a better day coming. But here's what he told Jeremiah. There's a new covenant coming. There's a new covenant coming. Jeremiah didn't quite understand it. He was talking about when Jesus came and gave his blood on the cross to establish a whole new covenant. That grace would abound and the curse of sin would be broken. There's a better day coming, folks. I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen next week or next month about the, the politics and all this kind of stuff. I don't know. But here's what I do know. Jesus is coming. Better day's coming. I, I'm hoping we got some time to do some things and see some people come to Jesus. I hope we pray that Christ saves people and we begin to really pray as, as some of you have, have entertained the fast and begin to do that, I hope as each day you're beginning to pray for lost people and begin to realize that people have needs and that, there's, that God begins to bring people to your mind. There's more of a sensitivity because you're kind of denying yourself and it allows you to be more attentive. It's pretty cool. I think this week as we kind of pull from social media and I'll be take, I won't be doing Facebook this week after 4 o'clock because I want to seek him. I need to seek him. I need to hear from him. And my heart desires that, as I know you do. He wants to share with us his knowledge. Because God is, you say, he says, talk to me, Jeremiah. And he says to you, talk to me. Talk to me. Because I, I am the great I am. I am the ancient of days. I'm the light of the world. I'm the alpha and the omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the king of kings. He knows everything there is to know and can do more than we've ever imagined if we just talk to him. 
about our life. Some people pray just to pray. And some pray to know God and to learn. There's a difference. May we experience that difference. When times of pressure, anxiety, worry characterize our lives, the Lord invites us to talk to him. He meets us where we are in the struggles and crises of life, offering to reveal truths about our lives and the circumstances in himself. He wants to have a conversation. We are connected to a God who has no limitations and loves us amazingly. You talk to him. My daughter, uh, one of my daughters, has had a tough couple of weeks at work and she's been treated unfairly and unkindly and all that stuff. And it's hurt her feelings. And, uh, She's got mad, she's cried, and she got mad, and she's cried. And, and so last night she called me and talked to me. And we talked for a good while. That, that don't happen a whole lot now. We, I mean, we all talk, but normally it's just, how you doing? We talk about five minutes, ten minutes. We talked a good while. She said, Dad, here's what's going on in my life. I got to make this decision or this decision. And, and part of the thing was she works for a company, works for a very successful company, very effective company. And in, in, the, in, the, in software out there. And, and, uh, but she doesn't lie. She won't lie. And her boss was wanting her to lie some. And she wouldn't do that. So it, they, then he kind of demo- did some crazy stuff. And next thing you know, she asked him about it. And he basically <laughs> threw off his team. <laughs> and so she's going, what do I do? I said, well, we'll just pray. We'll pray. Pray. But she gave me a list. Pray for Lord, Dad. Pray for pray for, that I know which decision to make here and what I'm going to do here. And we talked for a while. And I thought, and she was talking to me probably about about forty minutes. And I was sure enjoying being her dad. I was man. I was having a ball. And God said, "That's the way you and I need to be now. You're my child." Talk. I really enjoy being your dad. I really do. Prayer is a doorway to the heart and mind of God. Just go through it. So you pray. You pray. 